Welcome to the show. It's your boy, Lewis. And it's your boy, Gibby. What's going on, guys? How you doing today, Mr. Gibbons? Doing swell, my friend. How are you, Mr. Lewis? Very well, very well. Uh, weekend review. What, what did you do this weekend? Anything special? I uh, just went to my buddy's uh, little birthday gathering, little bar, bar hop. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing major. Shot some pool, threw some darts. Oh, that's cool. Drank a couple uh, cold beverages. Did you uh, take in any of the games? I did. Uh, I did. Unfortunately, I did not take in the Saturday game because mm. uh, I was at the bar and being in a Toronto-based bar, they will not be playing. Uh, uh, so you took so in the Leaf game yeah, instead. I saw the uh, Leafs game and I saw the... Uh, I was more interested in the Dallas and Rams game. So I was watching that more. Oh, okay. Anyway. How about yourself? What did you do this weekend? Yeah, same thing. Uh, back at the gym. So I went to the gym. I was working out. I had a pretty good weekend. Relaxed. Watched mm-hmm. a little bit of hockey, a little bit of football. Not too much. Kept take a, Took it easy. Took it easy? Yeah. Uh, fun fact for today. You know, 20 years ago today, Toronto Mayor Mel Lastman called in the Army to help with snow removal. I mean... It's a pretty fun fact. There's a lot of snow. Yeah. But we're, we've been lucky. Zero yeah. snow. Knock on wood. So 10, 20 years ago today... It was filled with snow here, so we should thank the heavens that we don't have to deal with that right now. Yeah. Uh, the Habs games that we that they played last week, how did yes. they fare, Mr. Gibbons? So Montreal went 2-2 two and two on the week. Uh, Monday, they lost one nothing to Minnesota. Tuesday, they got the win. They won 3-2 against Detroit. And then Thursday, they lost to St. Louis 4-1. Saturday, they ended up with the shutter... Three nothing against Colorado. Sorry. Yeah, no worries. Um, I was a little parched. so two and two on the week. I'm not supposed to be drinking pop, but it's the only thing in that fridge. <laughs> um, yeah, so not bad. I mean, it looked grim. That game on Thursday was terrible. It was a rough game. But you know, even that that win against Detroit was ugly, but they got it done. Damn. And then I thought Saturday the game didn't start off great, but I thought they bounced back. Mm-hmm. And I thought uh, it was a character win. I thought they they were able to win the tight games, which we haven't really seen them win. Yeah. So I was happy to see that. And tonight, I mean, I hate recording on game day, I know, but tonight they're playing. It's another back-to-back. We're going to be playing the Bruins for the last time this season. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. Um, today we're going to talk about current events, Habs news, the inconsistent play from the Habs. We'll touch on that. Uh, Kotka Niemi's development, and if we have any tips for the youngster, uh, there's a roller coaster of emotions that is Dr- Jonathan Drouin. We're going to talk about him. Some buy or sell candidates. Quick thoughts, Gibby. Yeah, we're back. And um, all the usual shenanigans. And we have a special guest, Kamal Rahman, will be joining us. He's from the Habs Fan vs. Leaf Fan uh, podcast. I think he also has, uh, he writes some stuff. He's going to tell us all about what he does. Uh, so he'll be joining us on our triangle panel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first, uh, 
you gotta take it to our sponsors. What if you could listen to what the most decorated Olympic athlete of all time was listening to as he gets focused for the biggest race of his life? What if you could hear what your favorite athlete was listening to while he was warming up catching balls in the end zone, or what that snowboarder was listening to while they were flying 150 feet through the air? What if you could listen to whatever anyone was listening to at the same point in time as them? What have I told you? Now you can. Sunspot, Gibby, tell them about it. All right. Sunspot, connecting people with creators. Create a playlist, add tracks, share the link, listen to music at the exact same time as your friends. A silent disco for the World Wide Web. No ads, no fees, all yours. Sync, stream, share. And also, I just got an email from Sunspot. And we're going to have them on, I know. We've been busy. <laughs> we will have them on, Bruce Richardson. But uh, they finally have added the offline feature so you can listen to music while offline. Download you don't have it. to use data, so you can download nice. it. So like I said, there will be a podcast page in the future in the works. We've been both busy. I'm getting married. He's a busy man working on his app. So, But it will come, so keep an eye out for that. And just download the app. Like I said, this might be the next big thing. Gibby, now it's time for What Has Happened Since We've Been Gone. So Canada Dry Ginger Ale cannot claim it's made with real ginger anymore. The company now owes reimbursement money to American consumers for false claims. So apparently they did a test on it. There's no real ginger. It's like cornstarch and a bunch of crazy stuff in it. So yeah, scam artists. What? Like how dare they? Yeah. Canada Dry Never Die is always what I had, but now I'm I'm changing the Schweppes. This yeah. is this is just insane. Bryce Harper seeks a record $325 million deal. The Phillies are emerging as the favorites. Yeah. I mean, he's a good player. Great player. But is he a $325 million player? I mean, can you really justify any player being that worth that kind of money that's that's a ridiculous amount but like that's just it's just how the 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 market's going and it's ridiculous but i mean if that's what he, he is one of the best players in the league next to mike trout in my opinion so i mean if you're gonna get big boy money you get i think he's a little overrated Bryce I Harper? prefer I prefer Mike Trout. Yeah, yeah mike trout is a better player in my opinion but bryce harper is a pretty damn good player still I really like him. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. For me, I just I don't think he's worth that much. Um, for a second straight year, the MLB free agent market is pretty slow. And uh, pitcher Jake Arrieta wor- warns uh, the youngsters to be aware you're next. Yeah. I don't know what Do he you think will- this is signs of things to come? Is it always going to be this slow? I mean... I don't like why is it slow? Uh, what's going on? I don't know what's going on. I don't on. know. Same thing last year though. It's like these free agents thought they were going to land big money, but it just it was slow. Nobody was signing. Nobody was biting. Why everybody's, is this happening? Everybody's trying to sizzle out the market. It's been like that for the next two years, and it seems like a common trend. I don't know if it's the analytics in baseball and all this stuff. Maybe people are, think that they're able to find guys for cheaper deals who can do similar jobs. I don't know what it is, but definitely it's taken a toll. On mm-hmm. the game, like people are not getting those big contracts. These free agents are not flying like they used to. So I maybe think, a lot of mistakes in the past are, have opened some of these GMs' eyes, right? I think it's also they're kind of like there's two big names, Machado and Harper out. 
I think they're just kind of the whole. But Jake Arrieta, I mean, there's some good pitchers out there too. I mean, there's still right. Yeah, there's. I think it's. I don't know. I think maybe everybody's just kind of waiting until those two guys sign and see what's going on, and then wait till can, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It's yeah, tough. We'll, we'll we'll keep an eye on it. Maroon Five is set to perform the halftime show with Travis Scott and Outkast's Big Boy. So this is the Super Bowl halftime show. It's an uh, interesting trio. So what do you think? You, uh, are you excited for this performance? Um, I'm, not a, I'm not a Maroon 5 guy. Um, this love has taken its turn on me. I mean, there's, there's only so much of Maroon you know, 5. Like, there's a song on the radio by Adam... Levine, is it? Adam Levine or Adam Lambert? No, Adam Levine. Okay, Adam Levine. Okay, Adam Lambert. Okay, that's the other guy. Uh, yeah. So Levine, yeah. He sounds like Akon. <laughs> like them two sound alike, I'm telling you. I got I to gotta hear this. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I've never paid attention that yeah, much. Yeah, they sound, they sound alike. I thought it was Akon. I thought I was like singing along. I thought it was an Akon <laughs> song and it was like Adam Levine and Cardi B. So yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's going to uh, be, I don't know, that, are they even going to be able to perform together? Like, what's I going don't know, on? we'll see, we'll see. It's going to be interesting to it's see how they work. Set. Yeah, like, uh, maybe they have a song, a, a secret song that we don't know yeah. about. Um, Chicago Breweries, okay, they had that 43-yard <clears throat> field goal challenge mm-hmm. this weekend, and uh, it ended without a winner. That's rough. Man, it was it was so funny though. I saw some of the highlight videos. It was snowing out there. Buddies so were slipping. Guys were sliding. It <laughs> Did you see uh, someone <laughs> kicked it right at the? I guess like the the guy like supervising kicked really? him right at it. Hit him right in the nuts. <laughs> Nobody made it. Yeah. Nobody made it. Oh man, to tell you the truth, I wish I was a part of it. I would like. I just like. I'm not saying I'd make it, but I'd like to give it a go. I just want to yeah. see what what I'm capable of. Yeah. I doubt I can do it. It's tough, man. I've tried like. Kicking like 20. I could probably make a twenty yarder. I think a twenty yarder. Let's that'll be maybe our next podcast. We'll do a couple like <laughs> or no our video over the summer. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll try to do it, a couple yeah. like things from like sports. Like one of them will be like kicking a twenty yard field goal. Or yeah, whatever. I think we could do that. It's I tough. think I could do it. It's tough, but yeah, get a couple pops in the system, get the blood flowing right, and yeet. Here she goes. Yeah. Um, so NFL playoffs review: Patriots versus the Chargers. Did you watch that game? I didn't watch it. Uh, it was like 35-7 at half. Yeah. So, I mean. Blowout. Blowout. Brady did what Brady does. Um, KC versus Indy. I did not watch that game either. I didn't watch any of the Saturday games. Or, I, I lied. I did watch the Saturday game. I watched the LA versus Dallas one. So, ignore me. I didn't watch the Pats one. I watched Dallas and LA, and then I watched, obviously, the Philly. Okay. But yeah, KC. What was the final score? Uh, KC won, but I yeah, I forget the score. Here, I'll pull it up. But yeah, um, KC like got off to a pretty good start. Andrew Luck kind of came but pushed back a little bit, but it was it was already too late. You luck know that ran out of luck. You know that what's yeah he did, and you know that um, Patrick Mahomes didn't even throw a touchdown in that game, so it was thirty-one thirteen. Okay, the final score. Rough game. Yeah, rough game. Um, Patrick Mahomes did not throw a touchdown. He ran it in. But yeah, it was it was just the young stud took over. Luck wasn't ready. That team wasn't ready for it. Um, L.A. versus Dallas. Mm-hmm. So this game ended thirty twenty two. Yeah, this that one was... Dallas kind of gave it a push at the end, but wasn't I enough. I I saw L.A. just trashing thrashing them, and then 
It ended up being slow, and then they slowly climbed back because, I mean, LA I was, was surprised, though, because Sean McVay is a really aggressive coach. He was quite conservative in this game. He took a different approach. I think mm-hmm. he used that against the other coach, kind of outcoached him a bit. So that was a pretty good game. Yeah. And then, of course, you watch this one. Tight game. Philly versus New Orleans. Yeah, it was uh, obviously I'm going to talk more about this than all all the other four, all the other three games or whatever four games. I don't even know. Um, it was a good game. I thought personally, I and I was telling you guys in the group chat, I didn't even expect Philly to pass, yeah, yeah. to go past Chicago, and I thought, you know what, this is the end of the road for them, and it was. It was a better game than I expected. Uh, Philly got off to a hot start. Philly hot, hot start. And man, okay. People need to stop jinxing everything, okay? Because it was 14 <laughs> nothing. I had like three or four people saying, it's over. And I'm like, dude, it's like six minutes into I know, the first and quarter. It's Drew Brees, they calm down, I know. So it was a lot. Injuries screwed us. Uh, we couldn't get to Drew Brees as much with Bennett and Fletcher Cox in and out because they were injured. So. Yeah, big Richard Foles. He, he, you know, it was the end of the road for big he Richard a, Foles. He a, yeah, he had a rough, uh, rough second half. Yeah. So, but yeah, hey, it, 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 it is what it is. Like you said, the, the, the Eagles kind of overachieved a little bit, but uh, hey, it is what it is. Uh, fun fact for you. Uh, the so the matchups for this coming week are. Uh, the Pats against KC, right? And then Ooh, it's, it's the goat against the lamb. Yeah, and it's LA versus New Orleans. Fun fact for you: this is the first time in NFL history since the Super Bowl era that the number one, number two, number three, number four offenses are facing. Yeah, so usually defense is is what, but looks like we're ch- we're turning a t- new chapter in yes. the NFL. It's offense, offense, offense. So there's a Gibby fact for you. Cool. Uh, Gibby a fact. Hey, we should bring that back. Yeah. Um, Rick Nash officially announced his retirement. Uh, the NHL veteran was dealing with some after effects from concussions. Yeah. So he didn't want you know. Couldn't. couldn't sad get it stuff. Back. Sad stuff. I really wish him the best in his retirement, and hopefully he's able to live a good normal healthy life mm-hmm. hell of a player like he i think he kind of was a victim of being a part of a bad team so a yeah. lot of his good years were wasted on a bad team so i think that kind of took away from how good he really was i think he, he was really underrated mm-hmm. especially in his prime but still a, a good player and Heck of a uh, good player. yeah he'll be known I don't think he's no Hall of Famer or anything, like I said, because he wasted his years in a pretty bad team. But all the best to Mr. Rick Nash. Uh, Eller versus Marchant. So Eller <laughs> tried to fight him, Marchant, but, you know, Marchant does what Marchant does, and he decided not to fight. So, yeah. uh, but the two exchanged, uh, exchanged, 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 <laughs> they exchanged words in the media. This is what they said Eller said post game. There's not a lot of, and everyone saw what he is. There's not a lot of integrity in his game. And Marchant was ready with the response when asked. He said, I really don't feel the need to prove anything, he said. This guy plays 10 to 12 minutes a night. I'm playing 20. So, I mean, a couple shots back and forth. Marchant's not wrong. Yeah, he's I mean, not. He's not. He's he doesn't not. have to fight. Marchant doesn't have to fight. If he doesn't want to fight, he doesn't have to fight, man. Well, come on, it's Lars Eller, man. Yeah. If it was me, man, I'd dust Eller. I'd be like, what? Who do you think you are, Ellie? Yeah, Ellie. Uh, <laughs> Ellie. Larry. Yeah, your nickname is Larry, bud. Okay, I don't care what anybody calls you in Washington. It's Larry, and that's yeah. it. You're not changing it. Uh, Nathan McKinnon. This was before the weekend, but he was seen exchanging words in a heated fashion with his head coach, Jared Bednar, but nothing came of it. 
how do you feel about that? Apparently, you- it was. Um, by the way, Nathan McKinnon really shows that he is a younger player because he uh, he got a little heated and a little immaturity came yeah, out. Yeah, that's but happens. I mean, apparently, what had happened was he was upset that uh, Bednar didn't pull Varlamov. Uh, in one of the games, and he kind of like left them out to dry when he should have pulled them, and that's apparently what happened. And sounds like another uh, Brabovsky versus uh, Tortorella, which we'll get yeah, into. Yeah, they both kind of came out. This, these things happen more than we think. I think. Yeah, they really do. They really do happen more than we think. I think it was just kind of the camera was there at that time. Yeah, he got a little heated. The funny th- thing about that whole uh, part there is when he fell off the when <laughs> Landis God grabs him and he falls off the bench. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah terrible yeah. moment. But uh, yeah, I think this. I think it's definitely not something that I would pay too much mind to. This is something that'll blow over, and it probably already did blow over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Snoop Dogg My boy. joined the LA team. The LA, bro- uh, the LA Kings broadcast team, and he did a little hockey play-by-play. Uh, let's uh, play a little for you. Money, come on, eight. Eight, was that Doty? Oh, yeah. Doty, Doty, Doty. <laughs> That's my dog. Let's go run the weed. Run a three-man weed. Three-man weed. <laughs> get there, get there. Go. Get there, get there. Get there, watch your back. Turn it around. Get there. <laughs> Come on, good job, Dodie. Good pass. <laughs> Dodie. Give it back to him. Oh, get there. Come on now. Come on, set him up. 77. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's great. That's amazing. Big Snoop. Big Snoop Dog. Great commentary. I mean, he, he sounds like he knows what he's talking about. I mean, who? there must be some teams looking for a coach, assistant coach, Snoop Dog and Dog. Why not? <laughs> CBD oil on deck for anybody who's got injuries. Man. He's the medicine man. I'm just going to let you know that the do the three-man weave, like that's a – I don't remember if you like were in – Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, it's a basketball That's play. a basketball drill in yeah, like, practice. Yeah, but hey, sometimes you got to cross – you know, sometimes <laughs> sports cross over, man. Come on. <laughs> All right. Now it's time for the Michael Phelps deep dive topic of the day. So Sergei Bobrovsky, Bobrovsky and John Tortorella had a falling out, at, but shortly after they cleared the air. Mm-hmm. Now, is this the end of Bobrovsky in Columbus? I don't see. I don't see Columbus re-signing him. No, no. Uh, I don't think he gets traded at the deadline, but we'll see. Um, maybe he'll get traded at the draft. But I don't. I don't see him. Uh, I don't see him signing. No. No, I don't. You I think Corpusalo is more than worthy right now? Yeah, I think he's capable. Job? I think he's capable of doing. Taking okay, the so if he doesn't sign with them, how much is Brabovsky worth? First. Uh, at this point in his career, I'd say Brabovsky is worth between seven to eight point five a year. Yeah. Yeah. That's my guesstimation. So how old is Bobrovsky? Let me just I check I think he's here. 34. Because if he's, if he's, like, older, then I'm thinking he is not, you know, going to get one of those big carry price type 
you know, 30. contracts. He's 30. So, oh, he's 30? So there you go. Then maybe he is due for that type of... Uh, he seems so much older. I don't know why. But yeah. yeah, hey, 30 years old. Look at Carey Price. I don't think he's going to get Carey Price dollars, but I can see... Yeah, I think I think you're pretty accurate there with, uh, would you say, 7, 8? Yeah, I'm saying between 7 and 8. Yeah, I mean... Seven, and, seven. and Okay, so which teams should target him? Because there is some teams out there who still are struggling to find <laughs> that number one goalie. Edmonton so, could use a goalie. I know maybe Talbot is up and down. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're not number one, but who? Maybe Philly. Uh, so I think if you're going for the long term, then a team like Philly... But or, you have... Philly does have Kata, the hitman hot. Yeah, so, I still think... Do you really want to give a big contract to a veteran goalie when you have a young guy coming up? Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, I still think Carter Hart's about a year or two away. Uh, I think St. Louis. St. Louis, because Jake Allen is just... But then again, St. Louis has that kid, too, who was on Team Canada. That Bennington? Who, yeah, yeah, that but guy, yeah, I think he's also a little ways away as well. Uh, see, it's tough because like you have like Bennington and Carter who are or Hart, whatever, are are two years away from cracking the lineup and becoming a starter. Um, and you're, Bobrovsky's probably going to get a four- or five-year deal. That's what I think. Yeah. Uh, if Honestly, I think if they do decide to trade him at deadline or at the draft, um, a team like Calgary could benefit him yeah calgary too they haven't been able to find uh, and uh, that could be the the pushing that thing could, that push them over yeah. the top there yeah that makes sense um so, another team who who's another team dallas i guess they haven't really found consistency in no, bishop ottawa bishop. but ottawa ain't gonna pay no you know what i mean well you never know i mean ottawa i mean ottawa hasn't yeah, done the best but still best all right trading we'll keep an eye on it. it's gonna be really interesting to see but so you think he's done I don't think he re-signs with... Uh, so like, give me a prediction. Where's he end up? Just give me one. Boom. Where, where's he going to go? Uh, I'm going to say... I'm going to take a guess. I'm going to say Edmonton. I'll take a guess and say Edmonton. Okay, I'm saying Columbus. He's staying. Oh, okay. That's my prediction. Fair enough. All right, that was our Michael Phelps deep dive topic of the day. All right, we got a few trades here. Anaheim traded Andrew Cagliano to Dallas for Devon Shore. Mm-hmm. Devon Shore. Devon Shore. Um, Tampa Bay traded Slater Kokok. 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 And a fifth to Chicago for Jan Ruta and a seventh. They could have got Jan Ruta on waivers. Yeah. He was on waivers. No uh, idea who those guys are. Um, Philadelphia <laughs> traded Jordan Wheel. Jordan Wheel, actually, he's not, not bad. Not a bad player. To Arizona for Jacob Graves and a sixth. Okay. So, yeah, Jordan Wheel, kind of a guy who just hasn't really been given that opportunity in that role. Obviously, with uh, Schmaltz going down mm-hmm. after that trade, that sucked. Yeah. They lost the center. Galchenia can't play center. So here, here comes Jordan Wheel. So he'll probably get a good opportunity down there. And now it's time for some Habs news. All right. So Yupi celebrated his 40th birthday this past Saturday. The former Expos mascot had a few mascot friends at the game Saturday yeah, night. Yeah, I saw that. That was pretty that was funny. Nice. They probably got lit. Yeah. They probably got lit after... Uh, Pretty funny stuff. Yeah, yeah congrats. Happy awesome. birthday, Yoops. Yoopies. Yoopies. 
Uh, Carey Price blanks the avalanche to record his third shutout of the season and his 43rd shutout all time. Yeah, that's pretty good. Pri- yeah, Price, Price had only one shutout through 49 games last season, and he has three now through 35. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'd like to see that. That's pretty good. good. You pro- like it, yeah. Yeah, that's good progression. He's, uh, he's really turned the page since having, uh, since having his baby and coming back from the injury. Yeah, he so sure has. Hopefully he can stay steady like spaghetti. Um, former Hab, Josh Georges, Gorgeous Georges, <laughs> 34 years, eight years old, has announced his retirement after 13 NHL seasons. Wow, that's young, man. Like, yeah, but I mean, he, uh, yeah. He, nobody really wanted him. It's yeah, yeah, it is what it is. Hey, I love Georges. I thought he was a good Hab. I thought he was a steady Eddie. I w- always wanted a little more physicality out of him, but he gave us some good years, man. We, we got to give him props. I, I really liked him. He definitely, you know, near the end, I, I wanted him gone. A lot of people wanted him gone. I think yeah, it was the it was time, a- but he gave us some good years, and I wish him the best in his retirement, too. Yeah. I mean, he was a good player. Yeah. I liked him. Today's song of the day is Hank Williams, Old Habits. And on the other side, we have Kamal Rahman. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket or the Brandon Beast more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. Now we have joining us today, we have Kamal Rahman. He is a contributor to A Winning Habit. He's also a co-host on the Habs Fan vs. Leaf Fan podcast. Welcome to the show, Kamal. How you doing? Good, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. Really appreciate it. No problem. So I want to first ask you, I know you're kind of like us, Toronto guy, mm-hmm. born and raised in Toronto. How did you become a Habs fan? Uh, yeah, yeah. Just like you guys, uh, 416 area code, but uh, a Habs fan. Um, basically, uh, when my dad came first came to this country um, and was introduced to hockey, he uh, and he came to Toronto. He, he settled in Toronto. Um, he gravitated towards the Montreal Canadiens because they were more of a skilled, as you know, um, hockey team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were they played with finesse, and and they weren't a, one of those uh, 
basically in the 60s is when he arrived in the 70s so he where there was a lot of fighting and stuff and he didn't uh, like that part of the game so right. yeah he he liked uh, the the ge- the gentlemanly style of Jean Beliveau and uh and the flying frenchman and that's right. uh, sounds like a smart man it. sounds like a smart <laughs> man <laughs> yeah and so it was uh, yeah so then it was just uh basically like Jay Baruchel's book I was born into it yeah, 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 I'm I'm with you on that. I'm exactly the same way. You know, and my my father never forced me into liking them. He just I just that's what I saw growing up, and I mm-hmm. just kind of just gravitated towards it. He never bought me jerseys. Never said you're gonna cheer for this. Never. He never forced it upon mm-hmm. me. I just naturally was watched the Habs, and I just became a fan like that. Yeah, same thing with me with yeah. my my grandfather. I grew up watching uh, while my grandfather was uh, watching the games and. Rest is history, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's the same way when I think about it, when you mentioned that you weren't really pushed into it. That's the same with me. It's just that I think we all just gravitated towards it because I, I guess that's what was on TV, what we were watching. But yeah, um, yeah that's interesting. Yeah. Much to my dismay, though, some my nephew is is a big Leafs fan. So that's, oh, yeah. Uh, we're, so, we're all surrounded. We're all surrounded by <laughs> big Leaf fans. That's just the way it is. But... Uh, I'm lucky. I live here. My neighbor right next door, he's a Habs fan. I got one of my good friends down the street. He's a Habs fan. So I'm in good company around here. But yeah, we don't like to go to too many bars around here. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. And it's it's good to be talking with you guys because, uh, yeah, just like you guys, probably most of my friends are Leafs fans. Yeah, yeah. We're in the so, same boat. Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, but luckily this season hasn't turned out as bad as we thought it would turn out. I, I was expecting a lot of uh, ridicule from the Leafs fan base, but um, they're doing okay. Yeah, not not too much bad things to say, but yeah, that's perfect segue. Let's get into it. So I, you say, yeah, it hasn't been as bad. Started off pretty uh-huh. good, but it's kind of like 50 shades of last season. It seems like the Habs forgot how to play hockey recently. Now, Gibby, I'll start with you. Is this a sign of things to come, or do you think it's just a bad funk that teams go through? Uh, I think it's I think it's it's a bad funk. It's I, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't put any. Any, uh, I wouldn't think of, I don't think it's a bad thing. Uh, I think it's just a little bit of a bump in the road. Um, I think the, the, the lines needed to be a little bit shuffled around. I guess teams finally knew how we, uh, we played. So a little, uh, little line change around, like last, last game we saw the line changes. Uh, I think that helped. Uh, we ended up winning 3 nothing, and we looked really good at it. Um, yeah, I th- honestly, I personally, I think it's just a bad funk, and I wouldn't put any... I wouldn't think too much into it. I think uh, we'll see tonight because tonight's a big game against Boston. Yeah, so. and after the last time around, yeah. you saw what the Bruins did. They kind of embarrassed us. So we'll yeah. see if they're going to come in in a divisional game like this. Yeah, so I, I, I'm not too worried. I think, uh, I think we're going to weather the storm and we're going we're gonna to jump back into it. What about you, Kamal? What do you think? Yeah, I think, I think I'm pretty much on the same page as, as Gibby. I, I, it's not really a – I think it is a bad funk – but I'm also kind of seeing it as more of things balancing out. We saw in, in October, they got off to such a surprisingly good start, especially mm-hmm. from what everyone was expecting. Um, so we kind of saw, you know, uh, the team was doing very well, and then they really had a bad November. And then, of course, they had a good December, which happened to coincide with, with Shea Weber's return. So it kind of balanced out where they're now sitting essentially – at 46 games played, 24 wins, 
And if you're calculating overtime losses, shootout losses with regular um, regulation losses, 22 losses. So they're about just over 500. And I think that's the the Canadian universe balancing itself. That's they're not really that great team that we saw in October. Uh, they're not that bad team that we saw in November. And right now they're three and three in, in January. So it's kind of everything balancing out. I think we'll see the Habs uh, kind of go through hot streaks and cold streaks and end up being close to 500 for the rest of the year. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think that the expectation levels have raised. And I think this is growing pains for a young team. I think we were overachieving a little bit in the beginning, um, catching people by surprise early. I think teams, you know, now they're starting to follow a certain game plan against the Habs. And, you know, as the Uh season goes on, I mean, the book is out now. Teams know what you're trying to do. So with the Habs, it's pressure to D. They look, they look for that to break up that first breakout pass. They clog the neutral zone, and they force us to dump and chase because we're a smaller team. We're, we haven't been that efficient on the, on the forecheck. So I think that, you know, usually, especially some of these non-playoff teams, I, I find that they're, this is the type of strategy they're executing. And I feel like the Habs are doing better against some of the better teams because they're the type of teams who like to control the game and push the pace. And the Habs, I think, work better as like a counterattack style team. So I think it's it's just styles clashing. It could it could be a mixture of styles clashing. It could be a mixture of the book is out on these Habs now. They have to make some adjustments. But I agree with you 100%. I think it's just things kind of balancing out, right? We did overachieve in the beginning. Then we kind of, teams kind of started figuring this out. Then we get Weber back. That's a little bit of a boost. But yeah, I mean, th- that's what it is at the end of the day. You know, I think what I'd like to see is the Habs kind of, find a way to like implement a plan B for teams who are trying to play, play that style against them. The teams that are putting pressure on them, can they find different ways to win? One other way to do it obviously is to improve the power play. Those are, that's a way to stay in games that you're not really deserving of. Right. So that's one thing. Um, But yeah, I think, I think just minor adjustments need to be made. This team's going to go through growing pains, they're still, you know, but the good thing is, is they're still finding ways to win through it all. Yeah. So I think that's a positive, you know, it's not like they're on a four game losing streak. They're still finding ways to win. Like that Detroit game was ugly. They won Saturday. Didn't start out good, but they, they ended up, you know, coming out on top. So I don't think it's all bad. I think that this is just normal for a young team. Yeah. Price is playing well. So he's back to price kind of bailing us out. We were, we bailed him out. Uh, the beginning of the season when he was struggling. So, but the defense—I thought the defense last game had one of their best games, especially Mete and Weber shutting down mm-hmm. that top line. I thought they were really good. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Gibby, as you just mentioned about Price bailing us out, and I think that's what everyone was saying at the, at the beginning of the season was that the only way Montreal was going to win games was through Carey Price stealing games, mm-hmm. and that didn't happen at the beginning of the year. But now that seems to be the case more so as we head into the middle of the season where the Habs are winning based on price. You're seeing shutouts yeah. now. You're seeing him getting first the first star after the game. And, and again, that, that's more settling it into what we expected from the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, you're right. I think that's what we kind of expected from them to be more of a price dependent team. <laughs> 
Um, but like I said, early on, they were, they were like full of piss and vinegar, right? They were just going out mm-hmm. there, catching teams by surprise. Now, you're right. The dust is starting to settle a bit, but they're still finding ways to win. So let's see if they can mm-hmm. kind of overcome this and make some adjustments and, and, you know, push it and see if they can make it in. Yeah, I think that's that's how you said uh, they're finding ways to win. That's one of the more refreshing things that we're seeing from them this year, whereas, you know, the last year, last season, it was uh, they're down by one, and you pretty much knew it was over. Yeah, they last, were down by last, two, and they're yeah. <laughs> last season, they found every way to lose, like yeah, every exactly. single way that you can possibly lose. They did it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving on, though, Koka Niemi. Okay, I know he scored a goal last game, but let's kind of not you know i know some people as soon as one person scores a goal all of a sudden they kind of look past of all their you know previous play or all the previous mistakes but he was kind of struggling he kind of struggles to control the puck he's not putting up the points that some people would expect do you think he's hit a wall and what advice do you have for the young man we'll start with you kamal what do you think yeah, I, actually, I do think he has kind of hit a bit of a wall, and and that's not a, a criticism of him at all. He is only 18. Uh, he's playing against men uh, in the best league in the world. So it's to be expected that um, he is probably getting maybe physically tired, maybe mentally drained, and, and that's just not just for Kotkaniemi as, as well, as Montreal has had a pretty heavy schedule of late. So it's not a criticism of him. Um, it is, I, I think it's to be expected, especially for such a young player who, uh, although tall, is does not have a lot of weight on him. So again, it probably is. And he will you know, with Montreal having the all-star break coming up and also their bye week as well. So that'll probably do him well. And, and I expect him to come back uh, rested and, and fresh again. I mean, he, again, the bet, there's, there's one side of being 18 and playing a lot of games, but they're also the good thing about being 18 is that he's got a lot of energy. So he should come back fresh in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. That... And, and sorry, did you, did you want me to give him the advice? That yeah, I had no, of a, course. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. of course. It's funny because I mean, obviously is just a, a hockey watcher, uh, <laughs> not a great player myself, a beer league player on Tuesday nights, but that's about it. Um, <laughs> One thing I noticed, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, is that he hits a lot of posts. Mm-hmm. And and he's got a great wrist shot. And it's kind of like an old school, school wrist shot where he actually brings it way back and fires. And he's it's a great wrist shot. But what I find about that is that it takes a little bit too long to release. Mm-hmm. And he should – I'm wondering if he should kind of, you know, look towards more of a, a Phil Kessel-like snapshot where Kessel just kind of shoots it from you know in his skates like he doesn't bring the puck way back behind his skates if you know what i mean yeah and yeah, he yeah. just kind of snaps it he just kind of snaps the puck and i think caught Kenyemi, like saturday night that was a one-timer that was perfect mm-hmm. but the puck was on his stick for half a second and i think just again my amateur kind of advice would be maybe work on a snapshot versus using the old school wrist shot yeah yeah that makes sense Gibby, yeah what do i like you think? that i like that i like that idea um in terms of hitting the wall um I mean, I think he has hit a wall. Uh, again, like Kamal was saying, he's only 18, so the growing pains with him are going to be expected. I wouldn't put too much substance into it. Um, I'm finding he's trying a little bit too much because I guess now he's realizing, like, oh, I'm kind of having a rough go. I'm hitting all these posts and not having any luck. So I think he's trying a little bit too much, kind of like Jonathan Drouin in a sense. 
Um, my advice to him would is honestly just just go back to the basics, go back to playing your game. He he has some of the best hockey IQ I've seen in a long time for a Habs player. Um, so even though he's like, don't worry about the stats on the score sheet. I'm I'm more so worried. Play the center position, work on your two way game, and the rest will come with the points will come with your your overall center position. Um, again, I'm not, I'm not too worried about him cause he isn't 18. So I think we just gotta just let him weather the storm himself and hopefully he can bounce right back. Yeah. I think too, like I agree with Kamal. I think that this break will definitely help him, especially a young guy. It, it, this is a taxing league, especially for a young guy, 18 years old. It's just, it's tough. It's a grind. The schedule hasn't been easy lately. I get it, but you know, I've, my advice and, you know, and I've seen this floating around, and I agree with this take. I think my number one piece of advice for Kotka Niemi would be to get a shorter stick. I really feel <clears throat> like he needs a shorter stick. I think that like he should test out sticks every game, try something until he finds something, because I find that, you know, I know he's used to that longer stick, and he uses it for poke checking and his defensive game. He's got that wide reach, right? He uses that. He's used to that. But... You can see where it affects him negative, negative, uh, negatively is when he fans on the puck, right? When he fans on the puck mm-hmm. or, or when he mishandles it. You know, I don't think that's all due to, like, uh, nervousness or lack of skill. I really feel like the stick could make a difference. If he has a shorter stick, he's in tighter. He's able to kind of keep that, that, uh, the puck in tighter. Where with that long stick, you're not able to stick handle as well. It's very good for defensive type of player where you're, you're kind of swinging that stick and you're getting turnovers yeah. and stuff like that. But you could see that that longer stick is really affecting him on his release. So that would be my advice is try a shorter stick. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, like the kid, yes, he's hit a wall kind of, but I don't think it's, it's like that bad. I still think that he's playing pretty good. He's not like a guy who sticks out like a sore thumb out there. His struggles came with the, the team's struggles as yeah. well. So, I mean... <laughs> I, I don't think it's something to jump that jumps out jumps out at me too much. I mean, it, uh, some people just look at it and they look at the stats, right? And they look at like, okay, he's only got this many goals and this many assists. But I don't look at all that. You got to look at the smart plays that he makes, right? Maybe he's not creating all the offensive chances in the world, but when he's out there, he's not a liability. And I think that's that's a great sign. But yeah, I mean, he is a little conservative at times. I'd like to see him get a little more offensive, try to create more. But as a young player, too, you don't want to do too much. You don't want to make too many mistakes because then you lose your coach's trust. So mm-hmm. I, I, I respect the path that he's taking, and I think that a rest will do him well. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, I agree with that as well. And, and the best thing is that he's still learning. Yeah. I, what did you guys think of, of, I mean, some people were saying, like Gordon Miller the other day um, was saying that he'd rather have him say in Finland scoring 25 goals in a year versus, you know, going through these one goal and 20 game slumps. What do you guys think of that? No, I don't like it. I don't, I totally disagree with that. I think that his, I think that this is a good spot for him. He earned his spot on this team. And up until this day, I haven't seen anything that makes me think twice about that decision. I still I like the decision. He's better. He is better than even Galchenyuk was, especially the way his hockey IQ is what m- makes me, know that he belongs here yeah i was i was in the beginning of the season in the like in the the preseason i was 
I was leaning towards sending him back to Finland, but um, I now that I've seen him and I'm seeing his him develop into a great player, um, I completely flipped the switch, and I think that this is the right thing for him. Let him let him go through all the mistakes in the NHL. Let him learn from the mistakes because he does have that hockey IQ. So he's able to look at some tapes and be like, okay, I did this wrong. In order for me to correct that, I got to do this. So yeah, I think I really like the approach that the, the coaching staff is taking with and, him. And he hasn't been demoted. He's been on that no. third line steady. He hasn't been out of the lineup. He wasn't scratched or anything like that. He's, he's, he's holding his own. He's holding his weight. What do you think, Kamal? Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And, and there's... Uh, I, at first, too, I thought maybe, you know, send him back to Finland um, and play there. But uh, like Gibby, I, my, I completely agree with where he's playing now. And there's no better place to learn than the NHL. And, and I know people have said, well, the NHL is not a learning league. But if you kind of think back, do you remember uh, Kotkaniemi was taking a lot of hooking penalties, like getting a stick in the gloves of, of the yeah. opponents? yeah. And he and he stopped doing that. Like that just shows that he's learning. Um, he, I noticed in in November, like he had a pretty good October. In November, he was getting pushed around physically by the by the opposition. And I kind of was thinking about it. I was like, you know what? I don't see Kotkaniemi getting pushed around as much as he was for a little stretch of time. So again, that's that's him learning how to play against men in the NHL. So I'm completely fine with with where he's playing. Yeah, and I mean, like, you have to understand, us as Habs fans, we watch every game. It's easy for probably Gord Miller to just look at the stat sheet and say, oh, he should have went somewhere else and put up big numbers. Mm -hmm. He's probably not watching every game. Where we see it, we see all the little good things that he does. You know what I mean? And like I said, I I have never once after a game said, Colt Kaniemi shouldn't be playing here. I feel like if if he's had a bad game, it probably wasn't just him. It was probably the team, too. When we have a good game, usually he's had a pretty good game, too. So I think his struggles come with the team struggles. It goes hand in hand. I don't think it's just him. <clears throat> but yep. another guy, another guy who seems to, you know, win our hearts over, but then step on them and crush them is Jonathan Drewen. Continues with his inconsistency, you know, but the good thing is, or maybe it's a bad thing, depends. Um who who's talking um <laughs> he has a longer leash than the previous youngsters so tell me about D- jonathan Drouin. how do you feel about him and do you agree with how he's being used gibby well i mean we've spoke about it many times on the podcast and i'm i was always of the positive on the positive side of jonathan Drouin, but I'm, I'm beginning to get a very very impatient with him i find he's trying to turn something from go from nothing to something when nothing's not there. He's just, he's trying too much and he's trying too hard to create offense when all he has to do is keep it simple. When you're on the half board, just put it down low, try to try to create a cycle game. He's just, he's trying to create too much by himself and he's not using his teammates properly. In my opinion, in terms of the longer leash, um, I don't agree with how he, how, how he's being used. And I feel like it's, it's kind of it's a rough area for me. In my opinion, I think the reason why he's been given such a long leash is because we gave up Mikhail Sergachev for him, which was a very big piece. So I think Bergevin is kind of not giving up the fact that maybe Druin isn't the superstar that we expected him to be, and maybe he's more of a supporting cast kind of guy. Um, 
So because we gave up such a big piece, I think Bergevin is just being stubborn, and he's just he's telling the coaches, listen, let the guy figure out his own game and let him play. But I think that's the wrong approach. I think personally, we saw it on Saturday. I ended up I didn't watch the game, but I saw the highlight. Drew uh, N passed it to Colt Kenyemi. It was a very nice play. He had a good game. He I actually think, had a good game. I think you give you you demote Drew N to the third line. Maybe try to help him work out his confidence or work something out. Something's got to be worked out with him because his inconsistent play is very frustrating. Um, maybe a kid like Kotkaniemi and his creativity can spark something in Drouin and can, we can create a future line, future line mates there. So that's, I don't know, I, that's what I think. Okay, what about you, Kamal? What do you think? Yeah, I, I completely agree that he has been given a longer leash. And I, sometimes I just wonder whether... Uh, Claude Julien just doesn't want to deal with the, and he's a veteran coach, a Stanley Cup winner, so maybe I'm completely off on this, but it seems like maybe he doesn't want to deal with the drama that would come with demoting uh, Drouin down to, yeah. say, the third or the fourth line, even though I, I, I completely see why he should be, because it is just so frustrating to watch Drouin, because he's got all this talent, he's so dynamic with the puck, Great speed, great hands, and great vision, but he just sometimes, you can see, like you could plainly see that he's not giving it his all. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing more frustrating for, for hockey fans, especially Montreal hockey fans, to see a player not giving it his all, especially when you got guys on the ice like Gallagher and Shaw and, and Domi just kind of, you know, being just always giving it their all on the ice. And when someone not, who has more talent isn't giving it their all, it's just frustrating to watch. And, and knowing that he can help the team with his offense, especially this team that is struggling so much to score. And I think that just kind of uh, multiplies the situation for Drouin where people need him more to, to generate offense and they just don't see it. Like you see uh, the has power play. I'm not sure if it's 30th or 31st as we speak. But Mm -hmm. he came over from Tampa Bay where he was one of the catalysts on the power play in Tampa Bay. Now, granted, obviously, the the personnel is very different, but he was a key on that power play. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, he was a key distributor. um, And that was the thing coming over to Montreal. He's going to be a a catalyst on the Montreal power play. And you see him sometimes with the the terrible backhand sauce pass oh. that always gets <laughs> that always gets intercepted. You see it. It just oh, and it's so frustrating. So why has he gotten that, this longer leash? I, I think yes, it does have something to do with with who they traded for Drouin, and it's maybe it's also that it, they're still thinking it's early. It's a year and a half into his tenure as a Montreal Canadian. Yeah. I don't know. It's the, there would be just it would just be a, a terrible sh storm if if Drew and his benched or, or or sent to the press box oh, and, yeah. and I, I just question whether Montreal whether the the leadership group wants to wants to deal with something like that so early in his tenure with Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, definitely. And you know, he's a frustrating player to watch. He is at times. You know, but sometimes you'll have a game where you realize, okay, this is the guy we acquired. This is him, right? Last game was one of those games. I thought he was pretty good. You know, but I don't, I don't mind the long leash. And I'm going to tell you why. Because, you know, I think in the past, we, we've, this organization has been guilty of demoting players or not giving them a role and, you know, restricting players to certain positions and, 
you know, I, I think that that affected some of these players' development. And, you know, I think failing to give players a role in the past proved to be a bad decision. And they're giving Drew Ann a role. They said, listen, you are our top six winger. That's it. You know, through good and the bad, you're our top six winger. And I think that you have to allow him to work through it. Claude Julian is not normally that type of coach, so there definitely has mm-hmm. to be either some influence from, I'm going to say Dominic Ducharme, who, who coached Drouin in the past. He knows how to deal with him. Mm-hmm. Like, like we had a guy, uh, he's part of All Habs, uh, Blaine Potvin, who said, you know, likes this kind of, he's the type of player who needs his ego stroked instead of punishment, mm-hmm. right? He reacts different to certain things. So I think... He's a top six winger. They're letting him work through it. Um, but one thing I hope is that the communication is strong and that they're, they, you know, they have him working on his mistakes, looking at his mistakes, trying to learn, you know, showing him, like, listen, you can't be doing this. Find a better play. You know what I mean? That's what I really hope because I don't mind the long leash. I don't mind keeping him in the top six. But at the same time, I hope that they're taking him aside and really pointing out, like, listen, Drew, you got to be better here. You got to be better here. Like, I hope that they're working with him closely. That's what I hope. I hope they're not just like, all right, well, just let this guy learn and he'll learn eventually. Just let him keep going. I hope it's not like yeah. that. You know what I mean? Where it's kind of like complacent. I hope that they're actually, you got to push these young guys. And yes, he's making mistakes, but then sometimes he comes out and has a good game. So maybe that's him learning. Hopefully. I hope it's not just luck. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, we don't have too much time here, but um, let's do a couple sell-high candidates on the Habs. We, don't, we won't spend too much time on that. If you were going to trade somebody, who are you selling on the Habs? Gibby. Um, if I were to sell, I would sell – there's three guys that come to mind. Um, one of them is Jeff Petrie. Uh, of course, he's having a career year. Uh, he's got 31 points in 46 games. Uh, we acquired him for a third and a fifth, so – if you can somehow, I think if you can trade him and get something more like value. A first or a second? Uh, well, I wouldn't say a first. But second in a prospect? For me, selling high is what you acquired him from for. Uh, not, not obviously. So I'm saying if you can get something for that's better than a third and a fifth, you're, you, you sold him for what you, you, you got your value for him and then, and then some. Um, the only downfall is he signed until 2021. Um, so I do, I see him and around he, and he has to agree. Yeah. And he has the no movement clause or no trade clause, whatever. And so he's around for a few more years, but I mean, if there is a really, if there's a good deal on the table where you, you can't say no, I think you make the deal and you take advantage of him having his career year. Um, another guy is Andrew Shaw. Hopefully he can come out of, uh, his injury bug. Uh, he's got 24 points in 36 games. He's He's really he, lately prior to his injury, he was lighting it up. He was he was, looked really good on that uh, Domi line. Um, again, another guy who signed until twenty twenty two. The injury bug it may hinder Bergevin from getting a good deal for him. But uh, I mean, if you can retain some salary, I mean that doesn't hurt. Obviously, people are going to give because I think he's making what three point five right now. It's not terrible, but it is what it is. Another guy is Jordy Ben. Uh, Try to trade high on him. He's starting to look like a good, reliable third-line D-man. So, I mean, try and trade him. Okay. Kamal, what do you think? Who do you got in mind? you think you agree with that list? You got anybody else? 
Yeah, actually, I agreed uh, with that list. I um, I had Ben and Shaw on my list as well. I know Ben is is uh, I believe is a UFA coming up. Yeah, he but is. I could I could see Montreal potentially um, giving him to a contending team where they can use some depth on Diaz as a a five six guy. Maybe Montreal, maybe at the most get a second for yeah. for Ben. Uh, same thing with Shaw. Shaw is, is more of a he's probably a very good candidate to to be traded to a contending team. He's got the Stanley cup rings. He's controllable. Um, and he, other than the injuries, he was on pace for, I believe close to 20 goals and he was making, uh, not too much money. I think it was 3.9. Mm-hmm. So I, I see Shaw, Shaw and Ben for sure. Um, one of the ones that, that is, that, could be out there of course montreal would have to pay a chunk of his money is alzner yeah. i mean obviously he's please take he's, him please <laughs> he, he's not uh he's not looking to fit into montreal's plans um he's clearly not an a an ahl player as much as montreal Canadiens fans would like to think that he is because he, he's he's too good to be in the a um he just doesn't seem to fit into the Canadians' uh, plans and, and playbook. I'm not sure why he still hasn't uh, adjusted. But I think, again, he could be um, sent to a team. Of course, Montreal will have to eat a lot of the contract. He has a lot of term left, so the, there's the potential for him. And another guy, and hopefully he heat, he heats up again, is, uh, and you can throw in your audio sample here, of Thomas Tatar. Thomas <laughs> <laughs> Tatar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Tatar, if he could heat up, I could see him going again as uh, you know Detroit sent him to Vegas for a first, second, and a third, and that would be something if Bergevin can can pull that off. But mm-hmm. he could he could be had for to again to provide some offensive depth. Again, he's controllable. Uh, he's making a bit more money over five, but um, if he heats up, I could see uh, a contending team again uh, yeah. going after Tatar. I think that that it's that's only if we're completely out of it though, right? Like that, then they would that's kind of right. consider yeah. those. Um, I agree. I think Andrew Shaw if healthy is a candidate. Jordy Ben. I think if Jolson, especially if Jolson returns healthy, that's a guy who can play mm-hmm. on the right side. I, I like Jolson as that third pair, so we can kind of you know we don't need Ben Alsner, of course. Charles Houdon. You're not going to get much for him, but maybe somebody wants to take a shot on him. Charlie Lindgren. Mm-hmm. You got McNiven. Who I who I I have no problem giving him the job down there, and you have Primu behind him, who, who could be coming next year or the year after, um, uh-huh. if somebody's looking for a goaltender. As for prospects, Jesse alone in the Finnish winger. I think the only reason why he had a pretty good World Juniors, the only reason why I'd be willing to give him up is because we have enough wingers and we have enough young wingers, so the right package with him involved could be valuable. Um, if somebody's looking for a center, Jacob Olafson, not because of the bad, you know, tournament he had, but still, I think that if some if if there's a center available, it's either him or Yoni Ikenin. Um, and I mean, we have some picks too. We have four fifth round picks, two second round picks, two fourth round picks, and two sevenths. So if we do need a rental player, those are the kind of assets you we could get into those are the guys i'm willing to part with and those are you know and then you can dip into some of those assets so give me a couple quick a couple candidates uh that you are interested in around the league um for me it's mostly d-men uh i like jake muzzin he won't come cheap but if you can somehow 
acquire a guy with a shitty salary on LA or a shitty cap hit on LA, you might be able to. I mean, it's more like a I'll scratch you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Um, so I can see maybe that happening, but again, that probably won't come cheap. I mean, plus we gave him sure back, so I mean that's got to count for yeah, something, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, sure <laughs> <laughs> um, but another guy that actually I was thinking was uh, Travis. I don't know. I'm gonna probably bitch, butcher his name. Uh, Travis Sang- Sangheim yeah, from yeah. Uh, we're never the gonna Philly, <laughs> Philly Demon. But man, honestly, he's a good D prospect, of course. But he seems to have fallen to a lot of the D-men that have surpassed him. They're developing better. Um, so I think maybe with a change of scenery, you might be able to steal him. Yeah, I would love uh, that kid, but I don't. But yeah, maybe a change of scenery, and he'll get a better opportunity. Who knows? Yeah. What about you, Kamal? Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of on the, on the page of I don't want any rentals, basically. I want to stay the course. I don't want to give up any prospects because I, I truly believe that this is still a transition year. But if there's a name that has that is out there, um, I'm willing to take a shot at this guy. He's fallen out of favor with St. Louis, it seems. And that's uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. Mm-hmm. He's, he's obviously Montreal would have to give up a lot uh, for a guy like Tarasenko, but he's not old. Um, he's controllable. He's still got, uh, I think four years left on his deal. And he's just that dynamic type of scorer, that natural finisher that Montreal has lacked for so long. Yeah, that could help and the power play too, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I would love to see something like that begin because as Bergman said himself just the other day, he's not looking for a rental. He's more looking for someone who can help with the present and the future, which is, and I think Terrell's terrorist. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. I, th- I think that could uh, that'd be something to see. I mean, yeah. Montreal uh, fans love their dynamic players, and, and that'd be awesome to see. Yeah, I you know a couple names. I got Jonathan Erickson. He's an older D man, but four point two million for this season, and I think he has one more year on his contract after this. Um, so Jonathan Erickson, he's a left handed D man. Um, that's kind of not really a rental because you have another year on him. He's a little bit older. He's only got a $4.2 million. If he can come cheap, that's a guy that you could bring in for a playoff run. Um, I got Jonas Brodin, obviously. I mean, that's somebody who's kind of been – there's been rumors that we've kind of wanted mm-hmm. to target him. He's at $4.1 million for two more seasons after this one. If you can f- find a good, fair deal to bring that guy in, I like his name. Um, Anaheim is a team that has some good D-men, you know, like Hampus Lindholm, 5.2 mil for three more seasons after this one, or Josh Manson, 4.1 mil for three seasons after this. So those are not rentals. If if these teams are willing to sell and you can get a fair deal, those are left-handed D-men, I think that could fit the mold of what we want and mm-hmm. uh, kind of bolster up that left side. There, some of these guys are probably not going to come cheap, but you know, Bergevin said he's always willing to make hockey deals. Those are some names that kind of floated around in my head. But yeah, I liked all your names too. But yeah, we're kind of uh, crunching some time. The Habs game going to start soon. So Kamal, <laughs> yep. I'd like to thank you so much for joining us. Tell everybody where we can find your stuff. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Kamal Rahman number 10. So my name, Kamal Rahman 10 on Twitter. And, uh, you can also, uh, find me at, uh, posting some articles over at a winning habit. Um, we've got a round table coming out that'll be out later this week sometime. Awesome. Awesome. Sounds great. So we'll definitely have you on the show again to, to shoot, uh, shoot the stuff and, uh, yeah. Enjoy the Habs game tonight. Go Habs go. Thanks. 
<laughs> thanks. You too, guys. Thanks for having me on. It was a pleasure. No Take problem. Take care. Bye. All right. Bye. Have a Listen is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. You know what time it is. Back at it back, again. Back at it again. And it's Keep muting the Wiss and Gibby and the friends and the... Oh, oh. All right, quick thoughts. We'll do one quick thought because the game is going to start. So quick thoughts. If the Montreal Canadiens, for some strange reason, would have to leave Canada, would you still cheer for them? Yes. They have the, the history behind them, even though they moved. Still cheering for them. And, uh, yeah. Okay. And Still cheering for them. if you had to choose one new city in America, who would it be? What city? Like, where would they go? Yeah, no team. It can't be a team there. Where would you choose? Which city? Uh, that's difficult. In, uh, only in the States? Only in America. America. Oh, wow, Louis, you put me on the spot here. Um, I don't know, man. What do you think? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm literally, like... Uh, I can't I'm think going of Cleveland. A, Cleveland? Yeah, because it's close. At least I can drive down to the games. <laughs> Let's go Cleveland Canadians. <laughs> no, Fair it enough. can't be. It'd have to be the Cleveland Americans. Cleveland Browns. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, well, man. Well, we can call them the Cleveland Horseshoes, right? Because they always say our symbol looks like the horseshoe. Yeah. Okay, now it's time for the Goat and Donkey of the Week. Who's it going to be, Gibby? All right, so my goat of the week is Mr. Mark Giordano. Um, yesterday night was Mark's, Mark's 800th career game. Not only is that a great achievement in itself, but he celebrated in goat fashion with two goals and one assist in a 7-1 spanking to Arizona. Giordano is having a great year. Uh, he has 47 points in 45 games. So for that, he's my goat of the week. Great job, Mark. My goat, and I'm sure he's been the goat before, and he'll be the goat again, Mr. Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. Thomas Edward Patrick 
Brady Jr. Damn, you Googled that for That's sure. That's his name. Yes, I did. The former sixth round pick. Yes, yes, you didn't hear me wrong. It's sixth round pick. The 41-year-old who's supposed to be over the hill. That quarterback, yeah, who many were giving up on. They counted out the Patriots. They said they're done. They said it's over for the Pats. But Brady, he proved himself Again, he proved why he's the goat. He rallied the troops and he put Philip in the river. Mm. Ooh. Shuts. So, I, obviously, this is just fitting. I got to play a song for the goat of the week, Mr. Brady. It's the story of a man named Brady <laughs> who was busy with three boys of his own. He was busy. They were four men. Oh, yeah. All together. Ah. Yet they were all. This is the squad that got together and won. The Brady Punch. They should change their name. The New England Brady Bunch. Brady Bunch. So congrats to Mr. Brady. He is the GOAT of the week. Okay. Donkey time. All right. So my donkey is the opposite of Tom Brady this past, was the opposite of Tom Brady this past week, was the Chargers defense. Okay, so uh, yesterday the San Diego Chargers faced off against one of the all-time goats, like you just said, uh, Mr. Tom Brady and the Patriots. Uh, it was uh, redemption time for Philip Rivers from a few years ago. Uh, fortunately, unfortunately, they came up short and were en route to an absolute blowout, 35-7 at the half. Uh, now, the defensive coordinator, I'm not too sure if maybe he had a rough week of binge drinking, but... Um, his game plan for Tom Brady and the offense was brutal, to say the least. Uh, they are, they're a zone defense, which Tom Brady picks apart, so I don't know why you're even doing that. Uh, they went with the zone defense to minimize the big plays, but Brady just threw down, threw checkdowns and got the needed first downs. Doing and, what they do best. Yeah, just punched in the run and in the red zone. Then they decided to change it up. They went man-to-man for a bit, which uh, was a mess, because they're not a defensive <laughs> man-to-man D. So they were all over the place. Uh, the game was all over the place from the beginning. But uh, at half, they adjusted, allowed six points in the second half. So that wasn't too bad. Uh, I mean, the game was kind of over by then. So I guess it doesn't really count. But for that, uh, that poor performance and poor defense, L.A., you are my donkey. Now, my donkey is anybody who participated in the driving version of the Bird Box Challenge. Any oh of you. God. There are many reports of car accidents and injuries of idiotic people who decided to drive blindfolded because all of a sudden, after this movie, everybody wants to blindfold themselves and do things. So I fear for the future of my children, Gibby. I really do. And I fear for the future of humanity. I mean... All of you, all of you are donkeys, okay? And please, people, stop with these moronic, moronic challenges. Please, stop with this. Use if your you're going to challenge yourself, make it something that will make your life better and people, other people's lives better. Please, thanks, 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 and thanks, and thanks. So you guys are my donkeys. Um... Now, you know what time it is now, Gibby. What time is it, Lewis? Weekly Sports Picks. Weekly Sports Picks. Weekly Sports Picks. Sports Picks. Weekly Weekly Bias. Yes. Okay, how do we do? So, wow, wow, wow. Gibby, 0-2. I took Dallas to beat Philly 4-1. Philly 
Um, I picked Minnesota to beat Detroit 3-2. Detroit won 5-2. So I am I went 0-2. I'm now 9-15-1. Lizzie, uh, she went 1-1. One one. She took Buffalo over Tampa Bay. Tampa won 5-3. And then she took Vegas to win against Chicago 5-1. They won 4-3. So... She went one and one. Her record is now fifteen and nine. Uh, Mr. Lewis, you took Calgary. You went one and one. You took yeah. Calgary. You took Calgary to beat Florida four two. They won I four know. three. I know that one I goal. Know. And then you took Tampa Bay to beat New York Islanders five one. They, they lost five one. Wrong team. Guys. So wrong team. Right score. Wrong team. You're fourteen ten and one. All right. Yeah. So uh, new picks for me. Uh, I got the Tuesday game. I got Anaheim versus Detroit. I got Anaheim winning 4-1. And then I'm going Friday game. I'm switching it all up. I'm going Tuesday and Friday. Uh, I got Toronto versus Phil- Sorry, Toronto versus Florida. I got Toronto 3-2. Um, so, yeah, hopefully I can get some picks. Uh, Lizzie obviously isn't on today. So Lizzie's picks are Wednesday. Uh, she's got Colorado to beat Ottawa 4-1. And then the Friday game, she's got Calgary to beat Detroit 3-2. Yeah, and my new picks will be Washington on Friday to play the Islanders. They're going to win 4-2. And Toronto on Sunday against Arizona, they're going to win 5-2. Okay. All right. Got to get to the game. No fantasy hockey update this week. We will get... I beat you, though. Yeah, Gibby did beat me 6-4. Okay. We'll, we'll give you that Had much. To throw that we'll in. give you that much information, but he did beat me. I'm not, I'm not ducking away from it, I promise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we got to go. We got to catch the game. The Bruins. Uh, Let's go, guys. Go, Habs, go. Hopefully, y'all enjoyed the show. Thanks again to Kamal Rahman for joining us, and see y'all later. Bye, have a great time.